Private Lender Podcast, Episode 38. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Robert Kiyosaki, who said, If you're still doing what mommy and daddy said for you to do, go to school, get a job, and save money, you're losing. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Hello and greetings, everybody. This is Keith Baker, and welcome to episode 38 of the Private Lender Podcast, the only podcast on the web dedicated to creating successful private lenders and a new alternative investment economy that exists without banks or brokers. Being a private lender is the most passive form of real estate investing there is, and the goal of this show is to keep lenders safe while increasing their yields. Now, I need to do a little retraction or potential retraction on the last episode. I may have been incorrect in, in my rant about the timing of the financial crisis and uh, when I spoke about the collapse of Lehman Brothers and the 10-year anniversary. So if anyone is listening and doubts it, um, I'd be happy and welcome you to please fact check what I said and email any uh, errors, corrections, omissions, uh, the truth, whatever it may be. Please email that to Keith at PrivateLenderPodcast.com. And this week, I have a wonderful guest, self-mastery expert and coach. Layla Khan sits down and discusses the mindset around money, and she also dispels the illusions that uh, many of us, including myself, have held regarding money or have had about money. But before we get into the interview with Layla, let's go ahead and uh, first thank our sponsor. 713 RIA invites you to come out and experience one of the fastest-growing RIA groups in the greater Houston area. The goal of 713 RIA is to provide quality information to every level of investor. The organizers Landon Rothstein and Ray Sasser have found that no matter where you are in the investing process, those investors who effectively network are far more successful than those who don't. And 713 RIA is geared to help you both get the information you need and provide the networking that will propel your investing. For more information, please visit 713RIA.com. That's 713REIA.com. And as always, I'd like to thank Landon and Ray over at 713 RIA for their support. And if you are in the Houston area on the second Wednesday of every month, you really owe it to yourself to stop in and visit one of their meetings. And if you do, please stop by the Private Lender Podcast booth and say hello. So the subject of today's episode is, of course, money. But when I had envisioned putting something like this together, it was really about mindset because uh, as the older I get, it's, it's, I find it more and more true that it's mindset dictates so much, whether I have a good day or a bad day or whether I'm winning with money or losing with money or in my investments. Uh, I just want, I just feel like you can't ignore the power that mindset has uh, over things like money in our life. So, I was introduced to Layla Khan uh, by, uh, by a friend, and I saw one of her YouTube videos, and I immediately knew that I wanted to, to get her on and interview her uh, for the podcast. Uh, she, she's quite interesting, and I really think you can get a lot out of listening to, to Layla's interview. So without any further ado, here we go, the interview with Layla Khan. Today, Lender Nation, I'd like to welcome Layla Khan to the show. Layla is essentially a, a life coach. Is that right? Yes, Would you, you could say that. Yeah, I go into well, detail with it, but yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Well, well, welcome and thanks for coming on. And um, I'm very excited to have you on today because uh, a few months ago, I, I came across one of your videos on the illusion of money. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, this is, this is a lady that I've got to, I've got to get on the show and, and interview. And so give us um, a little bit of background. I could tell um, you don't sound like you're from the Southern United States. So uh, <laughs> no. tell us where you're from. Give us a little background and, uh, and what you do. Yeah. So um, yeah, my name is Leila Khan. I'm actually from, I was born in London and uh, my family originally from Pakistan. Um, and myself, I live in Scotland, in Edinburgh. 
So I'm kind of like, I've, I've traveled the UK, I've traveled from down the southeast up to the north. And um, yeah, I live up here. I've got my own business, the Life is Today Academy. And I'm an author, public speaker, and a self mastery expert. So I don't call myself a life coach, um, mainly because for myself, my work like goes really really deep my work with my clients and you know the the videos that I put out on my YouTube channel I like to keep it real I like to dive deep you know get under the surface and my journey my personal journey in life has all been about self-mastery it has been about really going into the depths of the human experience and finding ways through finding a way out of the obstacles and the challenges and actually less about finding a way out but finding a way through um you know the really really hard times and so the value that I bring to definitely to myself and to my clients and and hopefully my my trailblazers family around the around the world um across social media is that it's self-mastery you know that we focus on not being afraid of our shadows not being afraid of um, being an authentic and conscious human being who is having an amazing experience and uh, living a life that that really is from the heart and soul. <laughs> well, perfect. That's then I've got the right person on the show here today. That's, <laughs> that's great. Um, so I want to dive deep. I mean, let's just get straight, straight yeah, into some of this it. stuff. So um, my background, and I'm sure this is similar for a lot of people, but it was, you know, money was a bit of a taboo subject. You didn't talk about it with other people. It doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have. I, I, I always joked that I was perfectly middle class, that my uh, one side, my father's family, he, uh, my grandfather was a doctor and a medical doctor, uh, had money. Uh, on my mother's side, uh, my grandparents were the children of sharecroppers. They didn't even own the land that they worked. So I'm like this perfect combination of, of, of middle class. And I found that money, the talk of money was the same uh, in both families. Uh, obviously, a little different, though. The one that had money, the conversation was a little bit different because you, you, they would speak about how to make it grow and how to make it work for you. Yeah. Uh, more of an abundance, I guess. And then the other side, it was more of to preserve it. Um, mm. I wouldn't call it so much uh, necessarily a lack mentality or a mentality of lack, but it was, it was very interesting to see that dynamic. Um, growing up. So, and, and to me, that was one of the illusions of, of money that, that, that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that the fact that, you know, your, your self mastery and the mindset, and since this is an investing show, um, let's get right into the heart of the matter. I'm going to ask you point blank. Yes. Is money the root of all evil? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not the root of all evil. Do you know that? I, I wish I'd written it down, but that quote, um, you know, comes from the Bible. It's been mis, mis, um, misquoted. There's actually a lot more to that, to that verse and to that, to that phrase and, and so on um, than what has been shared for everybody to understand about money um money is not the root of all evil it's the greed of it you could say um when it comes to i mean let's just we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit what is money so money this is what i so i teach people um how to use the power of their mindset to actually manifest more money into their life experience. So I'm going to show you guys exactly what I, what I teach and show my, my tribe and my students is I've got this beautiful little tra- uh, plate with um, crystal, citrine crystal, which is about abundance. And this really encourages abundance to flow through to you. And in here, I've got some pennies and a pound. So this is all... These are all pennies that I found as I walked down the street where I live. And there were more. <laughs> I've actually spent quite a few of them <laughs> recently. Uh, but really what money is, is this is metal. It's just a, a coin and some paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this metal and these pieces of paper, although I think in the UK we've got plastic notes, um, they just, that's all that they are. Physically, that's all that they are. And 
yet they hold so much power over our mindsets, over our mental well-being, over our happiness, over our relationships, yeah? And so money, when when we really backtrack, essentially it's just the physical, um, paper and, and metal, but it's also a means to exchange a a product or a service yeah um and it's an energy essentially it's an energy and it's this energy of giving and receiving that's really what it it flows i mean there's so much more to it as well but essentially money wants to flow in and out like this it wants to um give be given and be received and be given and received it's a neutral energy yet we have or societies have or cultures have created so many stories and illusions around this this piece of metal and these pieces of paper and that's what has always really fascinated me is why why do we have this idea that money is evil or why do we have this idea that um, there's not enough or why is there this this um, idea that money causes so much stress and strife in relationships and in families. So I grew up in poverty. I grew up in an area in London, um, in a city in the 80s. It was a very, very poor, deprived area. I lived in one room, essentially with my mom and my siblings. Um, My sister wasn't born at the time. And we lived in one room. And this one small room had a cooker a sink you know we didn't even have a tv until maybe 1984 85 maybe i was four or five years old by then and at that time we had like a small black and white tv that you had to like turn the little knobs to to just watch it was (laughs) and i would watch cartoons on this growing up thinking i don't know what color they you know like you know cartoons can be so vibrant so we grew up in this you know in this small room and we had a, a, a bedroom as well, which was, you know, where we all shared. Um, and I just saw, I saw my mum struggling. Um, I saw her trying her best to provide for me and to provide for, you know, my siblings. And as much as I saw her doing her best to provide for us, I also saw her struggling. And, you know, growing up, I I just wanted to have fun. I was this free-spirited tomboy asian girl and you know she must have, the hell is this child who is she you know and i wanted to experience the best of life i wanted to go on holidays i wanted to um you know have a, an amazing tv like my cousins had downstairs and i wanted to have a camcorder and you know and all these things and, and we didn't have that so I grew up with, you know, hearing the voice, the voice from my mum, you know, her language as in, we can't afford that or I don't have enough. She, she made sure that we had a, a home and that we had clothes and that we had food and then everything else she tried her absolute best. And I remember being at secondary school, um, actually it was a taster day before we started secondary school, so I was about 10, 11 years old, and my trainers had a hole in them. And I love these trainers, right? I absolutely love them. And I'm sorry. Can I just stop you right there for yeah. the Americans listening? A trainer or sneakers or tennis shoes? There you go. Thank sorry. you. <laughs> <laughs> so sneakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so these sneakers had, I love them, right? And they had a hole in them because obviously I'm a tomboy and I was just jumping all over the place and playing football and, you know, falling all over the place and everything. And one of the girls who was going to be in my class uh, a few months later, she uh, she picked up that I had a hole in my shoes and she made some really awful remarks. And I went home crying my eyes out. I was so upset because my mum could only do the best that she could do. And so this really started me off on a whole new like journey to understand money and to understand what it means to have money, to experience money, to have essentially abundance to know that it's always there um I wanted to make my mum's life easier so I you know got a job as soon as I could when I was 17 18 years old and I moved up and worked at Harrods in London 
And that was such a contrast. It was such <laughs> a contrast to what I'd grown up yeah. all right, surrounded by. And I manifested, I absolutely manifested that experience to work at Harrods. And because it was such a contrast, I was like, okay, this is, this is really fascinating me now because you had the royal uh, members of the royal family, you had Coots gold card holders, which is like the Queen's Bank, where you had black Amex holders come in and pay you know, 30,000 pounds for a mirror or 20,000 pounds for a Swarovski chandelier, you know? Um, it was just ridiculous to my mind where I, we had grown up with just about enough money to make sure that the dinner was on the table, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah it just absolutely fascinated me and I, and I have been a keen observer of is money evil? Is money good is it bad what is it like what is this whole thing about money and you know I've definitely learned a lot um and I teach as many people as I can around the world how to shift their money mindset from that poverty mindset that lack mentality to the abundance one that, that I'm, I'm glad you, you you brought that up two things one I've, I've been to Harrods and the only I could only afford some little teddy bears for my kids <laughs> And I think I got my wife like a journal or a pen or something. It was, like, it was down low. I remember that. It wasn't up near the, uh, the Diana and the Fody Memorial. Uh, yeah. I went uh, just a, about six years ago, I guess. Amazing. But to, to go from, you know, one room in London um, to working at Harrods is, uh, mm. that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's quite a, that's quite a story. And, you, you you mentioned the, the the abundance mindset, and I, uh, yeah, I like many folks. I've I've seen the you know the, the watch the secret, you know, and and mm-hmm. put the thoughts in your head and whatnot. And I think that's really only half of the story because getting your mindset is absolutely crucial, I believe, and yeah. the absolute first step. But after that is is the actions that you take mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah, that really bring that mindset mindset shift. Into, <laughs> sorry, into play. Um, so, how um, if without giving away uh, any of your your, your industry secrets, uh, let's mm-hmm. say someone comes to you and you know they, they have a, a a modest background and they and they, they come from lack or um, and they want to transform into uh, abundance. And the reason I ask this, let me go ahead and just backtrack a little. Is a lot of folks whether it be in real estate investing or lending to real estate investors, they, they educate themselves up to a cliff and then there's the abyss Mm. and it looks like it's miles long when really it's just a step, you know, it's just a little step over a tiny little ravine or a ditch to the other side. But we see it, you know, before we make that step, it's so, it seems so ominous. Mm -hmm. So how, um, how do you recommend folks, that are coming from a, a mindset of lack, but want that abundance. What are the what kind of the first uh, baby steps to take? Yeah, such a good question. So, for starters, one thing that I have discovered and vibrate at as much as I can vibe at is that abundance is your birthright. You, each and every single one of us, and just as I said that, I got goosebumps. Um, abundance is your birthright. That there is absolutely no shadow of doubt at all that that is true and one of the ways that this is really one of the reasons why this is so crucial for for the listeners and for us as well to to pick up on this is because you didn't come here with no resources you didn't come here lackful you didn't come here with this idea that you have to work really really hard None of us came here to suffer or to be in pain and to stress and to be anxious. Like None of us have come here to be depressed. We've come to live in this abundance. We've come to experience the joys of life and to um, you know, have some incredible life experiences with people that mean the most to us, with you know, these incredible relationships in our lives. And so... In order to really shift that lack mentality, you've got to move away from there's not enough and I have to work really, really hard and I'm really stressed and I just, you know, but if I work overtime on the minimum wage or if I, 
um, get myself into debt or if I buy that thing that if I buy that product that I've been seduced to buy because I saw an advert on the TV and now I think I really want it so I'm going to manifest it if you take away all of that stuff and just come back to knowing that you are abundant and abundance for me the definition for me is that there is this absolute well of uh, well-being there's this well of um, feeling good and feeling great we live in a world of infinite abundance for sure infinite abundance and infinite possibilities when you think about the universe that we live in we've got stars hanging in the sky like how does that happen <laughs> right do you know what i mean <laughs> yes so um yeah, and, the, and the stars that we can see with the naked eye are, you know, limited compared with what, how many stars are actually out there. And, and this is something that as a kid I'd look out, you know, in, uh, of the windows and, yeah, I'm, I'm a star person, you know, I, uh, I, I'm a dreamer and it is really all about the, kind of the stars and, and what they teach us and what nature can teach us. And what I discovered is that there is, an there is abundance everywhere. And it's just the only thing that stops us from seeing this abundance is this narrow mindset. When we, when, we, when we just zone in so much to the point that we only see what we see in front of us and we then believe that that is all that there is. Yeah. And there is so much more. There, are, there is so much abundance, as in there's an abundance of opportunities, there's an abundance of people. We've got 8 billion people in this world. Apparently, I don't know who counted that, but apparently there's about 8 billion people in this world. And when you think about it, there are 8 billion people in this world and there's somebody who, for example, um, might be single and they think that no one's going to love them and that there's no one out there for them. There are 8 billion people that most of us have not even scratched the surface or meeting, you know, and there's, there's just, it, it's just not true that there aren't enough jobs out there, that there isn't enough money, that there aren't enough clients. It's not true. And we see it in that kind of bigger picture perspective when we know that there are, you know, um, this, this number of, you know, countries or people or places to visit or this amount of jobs in the world it just shifts your perspective to think yeah you know what there is there is abundance and if I focus in on loving that abundance with gratitude and appreciating it and noticing all this um this well of abundance all around me there's more than just one. There's more than just this particular experience or uh, thing. Then that shifts everything. It really shifts everything. Because you think, yeah, actually, you know what? Let me play about with this. Let me play about with the idea that we live in a universe of infinite possibilities. Let me just play about with the idea that there that we live in a universe where there is more than enough money for everyone to go around. And then this swings back to me else that I wanted to mention which is having and knowing what your intention is for the money that you want to attract into your life so if your intention is to um to circulate more love in the world you're gonna be a money magnet right because what this means is that when your intention is to do something good is to use your natural energy of love, uh, respect, kindness, tolerance to help make this world a better place, you're going to attract more and more abundance, more and more money, more opportunities, more people will come into your life experience because you're vibrating really high because your intention is love. Your intention is to support this world. And when you, when you can uh, set that intention, that you're motivated by love and that you want to make more money to circulate more love and more joy, more happiness, more kindness or tolerance or compassion or whatever it might be in the form of providing housing, for example, or in the form of providing content and literature for, you know, in a, in a book for people to read all over the world or, um, to provide food 
you know, um, whatever it might be, then, then the universe responds in a very, very different and very, very powerful way. You know, you've just eloquently explained uh, better than, yeah, no, I just, I'm sitting here shaking my head. I'm not responding. I'm just shaking my head because I'm in, in total agreement with you. Yeah. And I, 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 I it comes back, um, something that's been r- going around in my head l- lately is, you know, doing the right thing is always the right thing, yeah. but it's not always easy. And I think that, that goes into what you're saying. You know, if you're doing it, for, if you're coming from a good place, if, uh, you know, if you, if you want to get rich for the sake of getting rich, you're not doing yourself or anybody any good. Mm. Uh, and in the long term, I think, you know, there's, there's short term gains, so on and so forth. Yeah. However, you know, if, and, you know, I've always said, you know, if, if, you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And okay. if you do things for money, you're going to get burned out. Yeah. And I, I did that. I made, I made a, a career decision uh, in corporate America. So, I mean, I'll tell you, I was, I was a whore. I was like, give me the money. I don't care. Yeah. And nine months later, I left. Yeah. I was so miserable. So that, re- that really, what you just said, really, really resonates with me. And I even took a, a pretty substantial pay cut to a job where I enjoyed it and happy and you know uh i adjusted i adjusted the, the monthly budget and you know okay vacations or holidays in the uk weren't as nice but you know we, we may do we still have uh, good family holidays and everything but it it wasn't so much the money or not being miserable but it was the like you said the opportunities that came after that mm-hmm. to where um yeah it, it's it, having you know businesses and and going out and, and side hustles and grinding uh it's you know sometimes i think i'm mad mm-hmm. because i'm just wearing myself out but at the same time i'm having so much fun yeah and i'm well, enjoying it and i'm talking with i'm talking with people like yourself and you know <laughs> and you know across the pond so to speak um but i'm okay great i i um i also want to touch on some of the, sort of the dark side of money and let me uh kind of clarify that so i'm a firm believer that too little money is a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not talking about living within your means. I'm talking poverty. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, I don't care who you are. That's a horrible thing. And whether it's Mexico, Jamaica, India, Thailand, Africa, it's, it's horrible. But I'm also coming of the mind as an American, I'm of the mindset now that too much is a problem as well. Mm. And what I mean by that is you, if everything's given to you, you never have to work for anything number one. Mm-hmm. And look at our, you know, people always like to um, talk bad about millennials. And you know, I've, I've got nieces and nephews that are, you know, definitely in that, that generation. And, you know, they work hard. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the people that are complaining about the millennials are the people that raised them. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> you know they, they basically created this, this, this problem, but more back to having too much money. I mean, you know, we've, uh, not only America, but the world has seen, you know, a prosperity like never before. Mm-hmm. And, but we're also seeing things like an obesity epidemic in the United States. We're seeing diabetes because of all this, I don't even want to call it a, a overabundance of processed foods and mm-hmm. convenience lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And and I know there's some of that creeping into the UK as well. It's uh, yeah. you guys aren't insulated over there, but how? Um, and and unfortunately for me, unfortunately uh, you can only see me from the neck up uh, because I'm definitely a product of processed food uh, and, and and gluttony of eating. But uh, how uh, how could I, for example, how could let's just use my, me as an example? How do how do I shift that, that away? Like this is all around me, yeah. and. Uh, where, you know, it's, uh, I, I have been able to quit smoking in my life. I'm very proud of that. Uh, but I'm very ashamed that I started, but it was, um, I wish I knew where my mindset was when I did that. So I was wondering, how, how can, you know, as an American or as a, a Briton in all of this overabundance, how do you, how do you suggest people navigate through it? Yeah. So what is absolutely key? I love, I really appreciate what you just shared there because there's so many key points that, that, you know, the number of key points that I'd like to make. So mindset, power of mindset. Now we've touched on it and we've talked about it so far. The power of mindset cannot be underestimated. Your mind is everything. Yeah. Your mental well-being is everything. And on a deeper, deeper level, 
what you're doing is from your mind, you are resonating or connecting with experiences that you want to have in your life. And you're able to see um, what it is that you want to experience in your life. And what that does is that creates this feeling, this vibration in the body, which then attracts more and more of that. Now, if what we are seeing on TV, in magazines, on radio, um, you know, in conversation with friends, in conversation with colleagues who might not be on the same wavelength as us, if what we're seeing is the scarcity mindset or the fear, um, the vibration of fear, as in you buy this, otherwise you're going to miss out on this. Buy this, it's a limited time only discount or um, buy this cereal, it's great for you. Like it's got all this nutritional value and you buy it because like I said earlier, you've been seduced into the advertising, seduced into that marketing, which can be so heavy handed in a lot of ways. When you bought, bought into that even, that expression is even there, when you bought into to what you're seeing on TV or in the media, you're, what you don't realise, most people won't realise, is that there's a level of awareness that we all need to have of what messages are we allowing into our minds. Because this space around us, right, is like a really sacred space. And the mind is very, very easy to, um, to programme, Yeah. And so it's very, very easy for it to be programmed with lots of fear and lots of lack and scarcity and scary images and scary thoughts and so on. It's very, very easy for that to be done, just as easily uh, as easy as it is for you to program your mind with abundance and prosperity and joy and happiness and um, living an abundant life. And what most of the media tends to do is to focus on the fear side, you know, to, to program or to condition young people, adults, and so on, with this idea that you have got to be afraid to do something and you've got to buy something out of fear. And so that there's an impact. There's an impact of kind of giving your power away to... Um, to programmers, to people who have another agenda because it supports them when it's actually physically impacting you. And so it's awareness that creates that change. When you can recognise, oh, okay, so you're telling me that that cereal is really, really important to buy and that it's going to be great and there's a discount, but I'm aware is this cereal actually good for me? Does it have nutritional value that is going to keep me supported? Does it have, um, will it provide me with the energy that I really want? Will it impact my body in a way that I want to, that, that lets me and allows me to feel great? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's all about that, the, the mindset. What are we allowing into our mind? Are there more ideas of fear? Are there more ideas of scarcity and lack? Or are we focusing on um abundance are we focusing on uh, prosperity are we focusing on opportunities and are we focusing on giving and receiving because when we want to give of our energy when we want to give of our presence when we want to give of our kindness when we want to give support and guidance and help um we can do that because there's an abundance with us within us that wants to just give and give and give. It's the receiving part, which I find a lot of people want to work, need to work on, is receiving the 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 universe's reward financially. Yeah, for example. And it's interesting you're talking about millennials because what I find from them and from the younger generation is that they are really good at receiving. They're really, really good at just saying, yeah, you know what? Having a, being a YouTuber is going to work for me and this is what I've got to do. Put some videos on, add some advertising, um, you know, tell all my friends, tell my whole school, my university, and I'm going to make sweatshirts and T-shirts and sell them. And they're just so open to all these new opportunities 
And that is what creates and is creating their abundance. That's just an example. But it's that open mindset. It's that mindset of, yeah, I'm going to go with this. Let's just see how it works out. Whereas when you think about previous generations, they've not necessarily had that because, you know, they've had to, they've had to work. They've had to hustle. They've had to take it to another level because, you know, technology wasn't as incredible as it was or as, as it is. No, that's, that's certainly true. And that's, uh, and I can only imagine uh, you, you, well, being born, but your family being an immigrant family, my wife's immigrant family, education was paramount. I mean, absolutely. You you will go to school. You're going to get good grades. And, you know, being from the Indian subcontinent, South Asia, um, that was not an option. A B was not an option. (laughs) It was no B. It was like, you're going to go to school, you're going to get your grades and you're going to be a success. We didn't have it in our families to be a lawyer or a doctor or anything like that. Um, But yeah, it was just that work hard, get your qualifications and make something of yourself so that you are financially secure. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, with the, the millennials of this, this generation, uh, you know, there are are children that are millionaires for making (laughs) videos, Instagram and YouTube and, and I'm saying, why am I slaving at my job you know, uh, every day in and day out? So, you know, I, I'm definitely trying to trying to be part of the, the Internet land grab here. But it's um, and I think it is it is it is funny. You're absolutely right. They, they do have opportunity. Well, it's I think it's only natural for every successive generation to have opportunities. The previous one didn't yes. have. And it's our job as a generation to propel them in, into those opportunities now with the advent of the internet, this is just, I mean, this is the printing press, the assembly line and the airplane all rolled into one. I mean, this, this is uh, really, really crazy. So I, I just wanted to touch back on the, the giving and receiving yes. portion of it. And whereas the millennials can receive very easily, how um, are they not so good at, at, at giving or, cause I feel like I'm, my generation is the complete opposite of that. I figure, like you know, I feel that my generation is definitely, and I, I was born in the mid '70s. Like we're a giver generation. We're part of, you know, born of baby boomers, so to speak, and and we give. But the receiving, it, it really kind of, I guess, it touched a nerve. I was like, yeah, how do you, how do you receive? Yeah. Uh, so how did it again back into the mindset and, and just the awareness of it? Or um, is that is that the kernel? Is that where it starts? That's where it starts. This is so good. I love that you've asked this question that we've gone back to giving and receiving because that's really what, what where my passion really comes from, especially with uh, the money vibes. Um, the younger generation or the general because I'm not I don't think I'm a millennial. I'm I was born in 1980. I think I'm just out of it, I believe. But I would say so, yeah. yeah I, the tail like, end of Gen X or maybe you're Gen Y, I'm not exactly. quite sure. <laughs> one of those, one of those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All I know is I was born in 1980, and that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not as long as me, but yeah, that, that was uh, not that long ago. But yeah, it's it's, it's only it's uh, how old you feel in your mind. It's yeah, exactly. So with the the younger generation, they're really good at receiving because they're really good at giving. Well, okay. For example, YouTube is a really really good example actually because a lot of the um, the people on there, the most successful people on, on YouTube, or you could say, you know, across different platforms, Instagram is uh, where I hang out a lot um, online. They just give and give and give. So they give content, they give opportunities, they share their life experiences, they put videos together. Most of them or a lot of them are putting videos out every single day. And they, you know, they've got links as to where it's going. They know and understand about affiliate marketing. They know and understand, you know, some of them might know about coding, um, but they they understand the technology that is this kind of, um, that is the internet, you know, that is the social media. And so because they're given, they are actually, they're able to receive a lot more because, uh, what I feel is that a lot of YouTubers who are really successful have gone in with the intention to make money making videos. And so if you want to make money making videos, you've got to put out a lot of videos in order to make some money come back, right? Sure. And it's just 
so simple and just so logical that it's like, okay, cool. Like we might be, uh, us of the older generation might be overcomplicating it, you know? <laughs> I sometimes feel guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gone from, I had a, my dad, when email came around and you know, he's like, how do I put an attachment to an email? Yeah. And I'm like, come on, dad, it's not that hard. But you know, I, you know, I had to put down, I, I listed it every step and put pictures out for him. You know, here you go. This is, yeah. this is how you do all of this. And then I find now uh, with uh, my oldest is uh, 11 oh. and with Snapchat and musically and like they're, these kids, I say these kids, see, I am an old man. <laughs> kids of today, you know, they speak a, a slightly different language. Yeah. And I'm definitely part of the Atari, the Nintendo, and the PlayStation generation. So I don't feel like I'm that far removed. Uh-huh. But, yeah. uh, may, maybe I am. Maybe this is an intervention, not an interview for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get with the social media program. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I find myself, uh, yeah, I need to, you know, I want to promote the podcast more mm. or engage more with people and i find that it's you know if i'm uh stuck in a meeting or something i'll i won't check email i'll just i'll pull up facebook real quick or instagram or yeah whatever and try to and try to engage so anyway en- uh, enough about my problems okay. being old no there's, there's, um, <laughs> no but there's so much power in that as well because at the end of the day like i'm on social media pretty much every day when people say to me like they send me a message out of the blue saying oh i miss you Layla. i haven't seen you in a while it's like you can't miss me i'm all over social media like literally <laughs> that insta story and i've posted about 10 posts <laughs> you know <laughs> go to my youtube check out my videos check out my facebook check out my instagram like i'm all over social media and i've really gained to love it initially five years ago when i started my business i was like no 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 no. i'm not going anywhere on social media i really don't want to i don't want to go there i really had um so much resistance and that's the key word i had so much resistance to being on social media and i really shifted my mindset when i thought no no no. what if i actually can really enjoy this what if I can connect with more people around the world? What if I can make more money from being on social media? And so I'm constantly on there, you know, sharing my interviews, podcast interviews, different features, different radio interviews, all of my own content, you know, and sharing that and just seeing now what the, um, what the engagement is like. And it's really starting to gain momentum, which is super exciting. Um, but I, I touched on that word there, resistance, and the giving and receiving. So coming back to your previous question, how do we receive? Now, my business journey is quite fascinating to me, that my business journey hasn't necessarily been about making money. And if you're going to have a business, you've got to make money. That's it. Like, if you're not making money, you haven't got a business. <laughs> yeah, you're not in business. <laughs> you're not in business because there's no money coming through. And <laughs> as, as tough as that can be to hear, it just is what it is. But my, my reason um, behind the scenes for setting up my business and for going on this, embarking on this business journey was actually to heal the vibration within me of receiving because I have always been great at giving, giving time, attention, love, presence, presence as in like gifts as well, <laughs> my own presence. <laughs> but I was always really, really generous, giving away whatever I could, giving all the help that I could, giving all the advice that I could and so on. And what I recognized was that I wasn't very good at receiving. I wasn't very good at all at receiving help. I knew that I needed help at times for whatever it could have been, you know, like at the supermarket when you can't reach the, the you know, the, the next shelf or the top shelf, because I'm quite petite. <laughs> or <laughs> um, asking for help with homework or asking for help with, um, you know, to fill an assignment in or whatever it could have been asking for help from family and friends. I wasn't very good at that. I, I had to learn essentially how to survive um, on my own because I, I had a, an abusive background, childhood, and uh, I left home you know, when I was about 21 and I was essentially on my own. Um, so I really had to learn how to fend, myself, fend for myself and how to protect myself. 
And what that did is that's that the intention to protect myself was really just to preserve, you know, make sure that I'm okay. But what it did is it kind of created this energy of a cage where I would protect myself so much to the point where I would give, but I wouldn't let anybody get close to me and I wouldn't, you know, accept compliments. I wouldn't accept um, kindness. I wouldn't accept somebody carrying my bag for me. I wouldn't accept somebody opening a door for me. And these are all clues of not receiving, not, not being willing to receive. So my business journey in the past five years has only been about healing my receptivity, healing uh, and my receptivity to more money in, my receptivity to working with my ideal clients, my receptivity to opportunities. Am I willing to receive more opportunities? Am I willing to show up? Am I willing to receive praise, appreciation and respect and a sense of admiration, but not in an ego way, just as in like, Leila, I really admire that you've gone through so many hard times in your life and you're still here smiling and giving us value, you know, and sharing your life experiences. And I'll share a really interesting experience that happened for me last year. It was actually, yeah, coming up to about a year ago. So I got a message out of the blue, um, an email from some ladies who wanted to gift my book to, um, to Ellen DeGeneres for her 60th birthday and to 50 or so, <laughs> 50 or so celebrities and Academy Award winners and presenters during this year's Oscar Awards at the Four Seasons Hotel, right? Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, so this is a lesson, right? So like I said, this, this journey has been about receiving. I've got that email and these ladies insisted and they, they kept messaging. They're like, Lily, can you just confirm that you're okay with this, that you're going to do it? Behind the scenes, I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. No, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. No. So my own stuff was coming up, like my own self-worth. Um, mm-hmm. issues were coming up like am I willing to receive what could come out of this opportunity like am I willing to receive my my book being in the Oscars yeah, hold it up for the, the for the video there uh, for those listening it's uh, 101 plus ways to overcome life's biggest obstacles a guide to handling any problem with ease <laughs> It's a great cover. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I was like, I was on that journey of like, am I willing to receive this opportunity? Now, it took me two weeks to get back to these ladies and say, yes, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> this was a year ago, four years into business at that point, right? And I'd already won an award for Outstanding Woman in Business in Scotland, which was another one, like another, you know, tough pill to, to kind of to take. Um, but when it came to the Oscars and Ellen DeGeneres, um, I got into that space of, yes, I am willing to receive. I am willing to receive more abundance. I am willing to receive time. I'm willing to receive help. I'm willing to receive new clients. I'm willing to receive myself at a higher level. I'm willing to step into the shoes of the dream that I have been cultivating and creating ever since I was a child. I'm willing to do this because my intention is not, it's not about me. It's not just about me. It's about positively impacting as many people in this world to, to prioritize their mental well-being. And so um, receiving has been the thing that I've been working on the past five years. And it's been such an incredible journey. It really has. It's been like, it's the most, in a lot of ways, it's a very subtle thing that you could be working on. You know, that that could be a focus of your inner work because what happens is as you challenge yourself to receive more, more time, more attention, more money, more kindness, more praise, more compliments, 
it heals those parts within you which were in lack, those parts within you that have been thinking, I'm not good enough to do this. There is not enough time for this. Um, I can't show up like that. I should just hide away. I should just, you know, not put myself out there. What if people criticize me? What if people judge me? By focusing on receptivity, all of those things are what I've been able to heal. So I've been healing that lack mentality throughout my business journey and um, reprogramming to the abundance that is each and every single one of us birthrights. So I've basically been saying a big F you to everybody out there who, like the mass media, you could say, you know, who, anybody who, who tries to program us to believe in, in the illusions, to believe in, in the falsity that there aren't enough jobs or there aren't enough clients or that you can't do this or you can't do that or that, you know, there's not enough money and all of this. It's just BS. It's, it's literally, it's you. You decide, are you willing to accept the abundance that is within you and then are you willing to show up in this world by taking these massive actions to say, yes, I'm going to show up. Yes, I'm going to accept this. Yes, I'm going to receive more abundance. Yes, I'm going to say this is my premium pricing. Yes, this is the price of my product. Yes, this is exactly what I'm saying. Yes, I am going to sell, you know, and being open to selling and embracing selling and saying, yes, yes, like I'm open to experiencing infinite possibilities, infinite abundance and experiencing it all now because this is what we're here for. Um, and one other thing that I was going to share as well. So sure, something that I, sh- uh, I write for myself um, <clears throat> with regards to selling is that there was, there was this resistance to, to selling my um, Trailblazers mentorship or my Transform Your Money Vibes course. Um, there was this resistance for a good while. And the only person who was really being affected, well, in fact, the two people who had been affected by me not selling was me because there wasn't enough money in the bank to pay for my rent or for my food. And this is just in the past few years as I've been really shifting, uh, shifting my, my vibration and, and how I show up. And the other person who is affected is the person that I am not selling to who could very well need my services, who could very, very well need me to say and to show up and to say, stop doing this, you're hurting yourself there or you're, you know, you've, you've got to heal this or you've got to shift your mindset on this or have you thought about this? Like me not showing up and selling is affecting the person that I'm not selling to because they don't know that I'm around with a product or with products and services that can actually support them. And so I created this um, affirmation um, which I write quite regularly as well. When I am selling, I am blessing. Okay, let's unpack that a little bit. Yep, okay. So when I am selling, when I'm telling the world about my book, when I am telling and talking to others about my speaking engagements, the fact that I I can come in and speak to an organization or a company and provide workshops on mental well-being, when I am selling my Transform Your Money Vibes, when I'm putting a Facebook ad on, what I'm actually doing is creating an opportunity to bless and provide goodness and support and guidance and mindset shifts to the customer. So I'm, I'm providing them with the service that they require to shift things in their life that are not working and at the same time I'm being blessed with the opportunity to give everything that I have in terms of energy and and wisdom and knowledge and receive their um receive their their payment their exchange which then has a ripple effect very nice okay I'm uh, that's uh, I'm speechless that's cool I I like that uh when you're selling your blessing that is um it's going to take me about five more minutes to, to get my head wrapped around that. But as soon as we hang up, then uh, it'll hit me and I'll be in the car and I'll be like, that's what she means. So I'll, I'll have to drop you an email. Um, yes, 
<laughs> uh, definitely want to talk. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, contact information and whatnot. Everything. If you want to get in touch with uh, Layla, you just go to the show notes. Uh, I, I believe this is going to be episode 37. So privatelenderpodcast.com slash PLP-037. And I'm going to have, uh, there'll be a bio, there'll be links, there'll be the, the book links, there'll be uh, galore. But um, you, you spoke about shifting your vibration. And you've touched on vibrations, and I haven't, I haven't, um, we haven't drilled down on that. So, I'm okay. I, I'm a Westerner. I know about a little bit about like chakras and these things, and uh, <laughs> having uh, you know in laws that are Hindu and Om and everything. I, I scratched the surface, but um, this um, help me understand how you shift your vibrations or. First, the vibrations, and then how do you shift them? Mm, okay, so vibration or vibes. So um, vibes are essentially, okay, so let me explain this. You know when you're feeling really happy, you're, you're vibrating differently. You're like you're, you're feeling really happy. I mean, the two words are pretty much the same thing, your feelings and your vibration because your feeling has a vibration to it. So the vibration of happiness is very, very different to the vibration of anger. Yeah. And so sure. there's two different elements at play. There's two different vibrations at play. You've got happiness on one hand, and then you've got anger on the other. Um, and we'll stick with anger because we'll change it to fear, but we'll stick with anger. Now, what happens is when we are vibrating happiness and bliss and joy we often feel lighter we feel freer we feel maybe spontaneous we feel that joyfulness right there's a a very different feeling in our bodies now for different people you're going to feel it in different places like i feel it in my stomach and um, or i feel this lightness and this joy now if you were to think about the last time you were feeling angry and what that felt like and where you felt it, and how you showed up, and how that vibrated, because there's that difference. And so shifting mindsets for me is all about, or shifting vibration is about, okay, so in this situation of being angry, I can make a different choice. With awareness, maybe it's not about me staying angry, maybe it's about me looking at this situation, or this other person, or even myself, with compassion and shifting that vibration from anger into compassion because compassion okay. has more wisdom and more um, more freedom in within and so what happens is by shifting our vibration and making a choice to be authentic and to learn about what uh, those denser um, emotions and feelings are teaching us and we can learn from them and then shift to a lighter, happier, joyful state, we then actually start to attract more of that. Yeah. And so shifting your vibration is absolutely key if you want to change the results in your life. And shifting your vibration comes from shifting your thoughts, changing your thoughts. Because if I could stay angry at somebody and what would happen is I would just attract more and more of that anger. Like there was a time in London years ago, maybe 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, I was, uh, I was teaching, uh, I was assistant head teacher and um, it's been a long day at school. And so I didn't want to cook. So I went to get a takeaway, a chicken, chicken takeaway, which is not something that I would eat now. But I was just like, oh my God, I just need something. So I went into the chicken shop and then what happened was, I think there was a, a lady I was, before or after me, she, hadn't, she didn't open the door or she slammed the door in my, in my face and I was mad. I was really pissed off, right? And then I started to have an argument with her and she's giving it back to me and I'm giving it back to her and I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, we were just butting heads we were just butting heads and I got into the car afterwards now that argument carried on playing in my mind got into the car and then there was 
road rage, shouting at the other drivers. I was getting shouted at myself, you know, and it was just like, oh my God, <laughs> because I was in that state of anger. And so I was attracting more and more anger until that point where I just sat down and said, okay, what is actually going on? Like, what did that situation teach me? What is it that's really upset me? And now have compassion for that lady because she could have been going through the worst of things. She could have been going through cancer. She could have been going through a, a bereavement. She could have been going through, um, you know, losing her job. Or she could have just been like that, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but playing with the idea that, okay, she might have been going through this, 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 this. Now, how am I going to respond? Because if I want to attract more anger, then I can just stay exactly where I'm at. Or if I want to shift my vibration and change what I'm wanting to attract into my life, then I've got to get in, get onto that um, that uh, plane, you could say. Oh, no, that makes sense. And, and shifting the vibration, shifting the mindset and the thoughts, that, that uh, definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, okay, so I've got one final question for you. Go for it. What's your favorite book you've ever read? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to totally put you on the spot here because that's the question I didn't prep you for. Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Oh, it's so I'm sorry. Besides your own. Besides your own. <laughs> Can I say mine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so, oh, this is such a good question. Um, okay. I'm going to go with... No, I'm going to go with Paolo Coelho, uh, The Alchemist. Okay. Have you read it? No, I'm not familiar with this oh, book. Oh, you got to read this book. Definitely. Okay, so this book is is a beautiful story um, of a young man who is on the search for his destiny and he um, goes on all these different adventures, you could say, that teach him the meaning of life and teach him the meaning of love. And um, it's just the way that... Paolo Coelho has written this beautiful book. It's written so simply, but so, oh, there's just a grace to it. It's very, very elegant. And you just, I mean, I've just got goosebumps just thinking about it because it's a really special book. I don't know. I can see them. Yeah. Look at that. I have like proper goosebumps. (laughs) It's, um, It's the only book that I have read more than three or four times. There, there aren't that many books that I can return to once I've read, but this book will always be like a personal guide to me as well. And I know it's the same for millions and millions and millions of readers all over the world. And I'd highly, highly recommend that you that you read it for sure. Well, I love the fact that you, you threw me the curveball there and that uh, was not what I was expecting. I, I, I figured it'd be uh, you know business or self-help or something, but oh. this is... Uh, this is great. Okay. Well, I will put a link to that in uh, the show notes as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Layla, I thank you so much for an absolutely wonderful interview. I've enjoyed this very much. I found it very informative. And if, if nothing else, it, it will serve as uh, a record for, for me as my audience can listen to <laughs> um, as, I, I, as, as I try to shift my vibrations and my mindset and yeah. especially around money and, and, and investing and making it work for me. And I, um, uh, not to paraphrase, but I, what the, kind of the words uh, that are coming to mind now after our interview here is awareness, thoughtfulness, and mindfulness, which I think I lack. I know I, know I lack, but <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, there's uh, it just your energy. You, like you said, given the energy is, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a, a change. It, uh, I, I, I see what you're talking about now. I, I think so. I, I hope that Linder Nation can can take uh, this interview and 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 uh, have it help them with their investments, especially people who are on the sidelines trying to get in mm-hmm. or you know, wanting a better life and want to do investing, whether it be private lending or real estate or whatever. Maybe you're start starting their own business. Uh, I, I'm hoping that they can they can hear this and take your words uh, and, and heed them. And um, you've, you've explained it in a very eloquent way. Uh, so thank you. So one more time uh, for those on the video, put your book up there so they oh, can see it. Yay. 
There you go. 101 ways to over, plus ways to overcome life's biggest obstacles by Layla Khan. Yay. Head on. Layla, again, go to the show notes for information on how to contact Layla and uh, her education products. And I, I want to uh, apologize for calling you a life coach uh, <laughs> okay. earlier. Absolutely. No, I, I, I totally get it. So um, I wish you all the best and uh, thanks again. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. It's been so much fun as well. And I, I really appreciate, I really, really appreciate you reaching out um, to make this happen. It's been amazing. Thank you. I'd really like to thank Layla for coming on today. And sharing her wisdom, her expertise, and just talking about money, the mindset, and, uh, and vibrating in, the, in these things. I, I really had a great time. I'm very grateful that she came on, and I hope you guys were able to, to glean more than just a little out of, out of our conversation. For more information uh, about Layla Khan and how to get a hold of her and how to get her book, please go to the show notes page. That's at privatelenderpodcast.com backslash plp-038. This will be episode 38. And as always, please, 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 please rate and review at iTunes or Stitcher SoundCloud, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to uh, this podcast. Uh, please leave a, re- a rating and review. That helps get the word out to more and more people. And again, I ask, it's a small price to pay since this is free. I, I do enjoy doing this, and I do it even if nobody rated and reviewed it, but it sure would help out. We could spread the word and reach more people. And you can also connect with me on social media, Facebook, Private Lender Podcast has a page, also at Keith Baker, Instagram, Private Lender Podcast, Twitter as well, LinkedIn and Bigger Pockets, Private Lender Podcast profiles, or you can always just go to privatelenderpodcast.com and reach out that way. I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate the support. We're going to be closing in on a year here pretty soon. The leaves are going to start changing. And we'll be coming up on that first year anniversary. And hopefully, uh, I hope you're going to enjoy what we've got lined up, uh, the the guests, uh, some some gurus, real estate investing gurus. Uh, We've got some some big lending gurus as well. So uh, stick around every Monday, download the the, uh, podcast and see what happens. So until then, I want to thank you for listening. And I want to wish you happy and prosperous investing. But more importantly, Happy and prosperous private lending. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.